Father, we thank you for the privilege of being here. We thank you for the word that you have given us, which is our anchor of truth. And Father, we ask that uh, we would learn from it and be edified by it, Father, be built up spiritually, and uh, that this would be a profitable time for each one of us, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Great words of salvation is what we've been looking at, and most recent one, the fear of the Lord, and uh, well, last uh, Sunday night, we I think it was Sunday night, we had quite a discussion about the last Sunday's teaching about the importance of discipline and how discipline in the home of the believer is designed by God to lead to the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, and so we want our children to be wise. And uh, somebody brought up that uh, in years past I had covered this much more thoroughly. So at any rate, I, I did some further uh, study, and um, I was kind of amazed at what I found. Some of this I already knew, some of it I didn't. So, well, l- let me do this first. I'm, I'm going to read from Proverbs, and uh, we looked at this last time. I just want to refresh you. That's Proverbs twenty-three, thirteen. Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you beat him with a rod, he will not die. It tells us this is not in no way, any way whatsoever, life-threatening. It, what the cause of beating is uh, uh, something that stings and, and does no damage, any type of permanent damage at all. But then it says this. You shall beat him with the rod and deliver his soul from Sheol. Now, Sheol is physical death, where you go and when you die. And so what it's really saying is, parents, dads, understand your responsibility as a father and that it may well have something to do with the life, your, a long life for your child. And, and I'm astounded regularly at how many young people die from something really stupid. And that, that's not even fair. For, for lack of the discipline and the fear of the Lord that God wants us to have. And I believe God says, dads, moms, you, you help with this. Uh, you've got to be a team. You know, I, as soon as I hear uh, someone say, well, uh, uh, you know, kids talk about, well, I'll go ask mom then. <laughs> no. <laughs> mom and dad stay together. Uh, I, I learned that so young. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever dad said, that's what mom said. <laughs> you know, there's just this brick wall that... <laughs> I was looking to somehow get around, and I couldn't. At any rate, the interesting thing is, with these most powerful warnings, where are they? 
You're in the book of Proverbs. Who wrote Proverbs? Solomon, a son of David. Now, this is what gets me excited. Who was the younger brother of three older brothers who died before their time? Amazing. And of the, well, I'm getting ahead. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. Now here's Solomon writing in Proverbs. And notice what he says. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father. And give attention that you may gain understanding. So what's this? This is Solomon saying, this is for my kids. Hear, O sons, my instruction. And then he says, for I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. Now get this. Solomon is the younger brother of these older brothers who died. And I believe they died because they hadn't been trained and didn't have the fear of the Lord and were driven by their own desires and and did, well, we'll see that. Now notice what Solomon says in verse 3. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, Bathsheba, then he taught me, I think there's a divide here, bear with me, I don't think David taught those first four sons. Now, just bear with me. We can argue later. <laughs> but, okay. Then he taught me and said, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. I wonder if a light didn't go on when David lost that third kid. And he said, I haven't been teaching my kids. Because he did teach Solomon. Let your heart hold fast my words and live. Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget or turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will guard you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is is acquire wisdom. And with all you're acquiring, get understanding. Prize her, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Hear, my son, and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many 
I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded, and if you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your what? Life. Wow. Okay. Let's go to First Chronicles. First Chronicles, chapter 3. And we'll start in verse 1. So we have these words. Let me introduce you to four sons of David. One I can't even, I, I know nothing about him except who his mom was. But now these were the sons of David who were born to him in Hebron. The firstborn was Ammon by Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess. The second, this is the one I, I can tell you nothing about because I can't find, he's not mentioned again in scripture. Okay? He just is off of our chart. Uh, the second was Daniel. He's given another name in another passage, uh, simply stating the same thing. By Abigail the Carmelitess. So we're going to leave Daniel out because I can't tell you anything about him. I just wonder how he disappeared. You know, I don't know what happened. It's, the Holy Spirit has not chosen to tell us. His mom disappears. You don't find her anymore anywhere. Okay. Okay. But now let's pick it up. The second of these three. The third was Absalom, the son of Maaka, the daughter of Talmai, king of Jeshur. The fourth was Adonijah, the son of Hagith. Okay? The rest of them don't know much about Shephathiah, so forth. But these, these are the three we're going to be, uh, we're going to be looking at. Okay? So, let's go first. I, now, I'm going to drop all the way down to Adonijah, because there's a really important statement there. First Kings 1, and we're going to go to verse 5. In the trio that we're going to be looking at, this is the last one we're going to look at, so he's the youngest of them all. And, and uh, now here's my stretch, uh, possibly, <laughs> that uh, if this is true of Adonijah, it might well be true of his two older brothers. Okay, in other words, if David never trained Adonijah, was he just a lone one? Or, but then when we look at the lives of the other two, we say it looks like they weren't trained. Uh, and so I'm assuming that to be true. Are you with me? Okay. Now, Adonijah, the son of Hagith, we'll come back to him at a later time. 
exalted himself, saying, interesting words, God is opposed to the proud, gives grace to the humble, uh, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. This is after David had declared Solomon was to be king, and David declared that because God had told him that that was who was supposed to be king. Okay. So, but he says, no way. So, I will be king. So he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen with 50 men to run before him. Now, here's the verse. And his father had never crossed him at any time. That's an amazing statement. (laughs) He never disciplined him. He never crossed him. He never said, what are you doing? He never... He just let him go. And his father never had never crossed him at any time by asking, why have you done so? Which indicates there were lots of opportunities, <laughs> some opportunities at least, to say, what was that? And he was also a very handsome man, and he was born after Absalom. Okay? So, you get the point here? The point is, David didn't train Adonijah, who's the youngest of these. I know I'm confusing you. There's four of them. One we don't know about, so I'm talking about the three that we do know about. He's the youngest of those three. And so, my understanding is, when we can see the same kind of lack of fear of the Lord in the other two, we can assume that David didn't really, really treat him the fear, uh, teach him the fear of the Lord. Okay? All right. So now, let's go to Amnon. And for that, we're going to go to 2 Samuel, chapter 13. And in 2 Samuel 13, we're going to start in verse 1. This is such a a sad, sad account, and it's just a train wreck, and worse. And um, it it should do what it does to me. It makes me angry for this young girl. Um, Now, it was after this that Absalom, uh, the son of David, had a beautiful sister, whose name was Tamar. Um, As we will see, well, I'll just hold off on that. I'll mention it. She was a beautiful sister, um, and later on, when Absalom had a beautiful daughter, he named her Tamar. I'm sure it was because of how highly he thought of it his sister Tamar. But let's read it. Now it was after this that Absalom the son of David had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar and Amnon the son of David loved her. 
I'm afraid that that word for loved her is how the world mostly loves. She was a beautiful, attractive, and to him, sexually attractive girl, virgin. Okay. And Amnon was so frustrated because of his sister Tamar that he made himself ill. For she was a virgin, and it seemed hard to Amnon to do anything to her. Just those words. To do anything to her doesn't sound positive. Do you know what I mean? It's phrased negatively. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very shrewd man. We could have developed this, but one of the first things I think of is if Amnon was walking in the fear of the Lord. I do not think uh, that this man, uh, Jonadab, would have been his friend. He chose the wrong person to be his friend. And let me take you, uh, we're going to go right back to where we are, but go to Jeremiah chapter 4, down to verse 22. I just want you to see what the Lord says about this kind of shrewdness. For my people are foolish. They know me not. They are stupid children. And they have no understanding. They are shrewd to do evil. How's that? Don't hang around with people that are really smart about how to do evil. Okay. This guy was evidently brilliant about the wrong things. And there's people, believe me, like that. Okay. So the Lord says they are shrewd to do evil, but to do good they do not know. Now, back to 2 Samuel. And in 2 Samuel chapter 13... There we are in verse 3. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very shrewd man. And he said to him, O son of the king, why are you so depressed morning after morning? Will you not tell me? Then Amnon said to him, I am in love with Tamar, the sister of my brother Absalom. Notice what Jonadab did not say. Jonadab did not say, well, why don't you marry her? Because that was a possibility. Okay? He didn't say that. Jonadab then said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. It's a lie. When your father comes to see you, that's David, by the way, When your father comes to see you, say to him, please let my sister Tamar come and give me some food to eat and let her prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat from her hand. What's he telling him? You want to know how to be alone with her? 
So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill, and when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, please let my sister Tamar come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat from her hand. She's a half-sister, by the way. Then David sent to the house for Tamar, saying, go now to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was lying down, and she took dough, kneaded, kneaded it, made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes, and she took the pan and dished them out before him, but he refused to eat. It's all part of this scheme. Uh, and Amnon said, have everyone go out from me, evidently of servants around, so forth. So everyone went out from him. Now he's just alone with Tamar. Then, Ta- then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into the bedroom, that I may eat from your hand. So Tamar took the cakes, which she had made, and brought them into the bedroom to her brother Amnon. When she brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said, come lie with me, my sister. Now notice her answer. But she answered him, no, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. As for me, where would I get rid of my reproach? And as for you, you will be like one of the fools in Israel. Boy, did she nail it. This is going to ruin my life, and you're going to be a fool. Everybody's going to know it. Now, therefore, please speak to the king. Now, notice this. Please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. She says, if, instead of this, marry me. However, he would not listen to her. Since he was stronger than she, he violated her and lived with her. Now notice this. Then Amnon hated her with a very great hatred. But for the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, get up, go away. But she said to him, no, because this wrong in sending me away, she still, you know, we need to be married. And sending me away is greater than the other that you have done to me. Yet he would not listen to her. Then he called the young man who attended him and said, now throw this woman out of my presence and lock the door behind her. Now she had on a long sleeve garment, for in this matter, manner the virgin daughters of the king dressed themselves in robes. Then his attendant took her out and locked the door behind her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her long-sleeved garment, which was on her, what she's saying, that I'm no longer a virgin. Ashes on her head, she's in mourning. And went away crying aloud as she went. 
Then Absalom, her brother, said to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? But now keep silent, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this matter to heart. (laughs) So Tamnar remained and was desolate in her brother Absalom's house. Now when King David heard of all these matters, he was very angry. I think it's interesting. Uh, He asked the question, what should David have done here? And he's got a son of his who raped a daughter of his. What should he have done? You know, it's a really interesting. If we go to Deuteronomy 22, all the way down to verse 28. Now remember, what was a king supposed to do? When the king came to power, the, the godly king in Israel, he was supposed to copy in his own hand, so he had his own copy of the law. So if David had done this, he would have written this out in his own handwriting. It says this, If a man finds a girl who is a virgin who is not engaged and seizes her and lies with her and they are discovered. Oh, that's true. She's a virgin. Uh, She's not engaged. Then the man who lay with her shall give to the girl's father 50 shekels of silver and she shall become his wife because he has violated her. It's so interesting how... Tamar had this down. I mean, she, she knew, okay? Uh, as sad as her situation was. And she shall become his wife because he has violated her. He cannot divorce her all his days. What should David have done? <laughs> Instead of just being angry, he should have taken care of this. And he didn't. Okay, so let's go to Second Samuel. And in Second Samuel chapter 13, remember what Absalom told Tamar. He said, uh, just don't be upset about this, just keep quiet. So now we start to look at this. Now it came about after two full years that Absalom had sheep shearers in Belhazar, which is near uh, Ephraim, Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. Now when there was a time of sheep shearing, this was a huge uh, celebration and slaughter of some of the sheep and a, a, a huge feast. Okay, so now Absalom has an occasion, and so he invites all of his brothers to go to this uh, time of sheep shearing. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold, now your servant has sheep shearers. Please let the king and his servants go with your servants. So he's inviting David to go. 
But the king said to Absalom, No, my son, we should not all go, lest we be burdensome to you. Although he urged him, he would not go, but blessed him. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Ammon. I think there might have been some red flags. <laughs> let my brother Ammon go uh, with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? So I must have said something to him about, I know what happened, and, and what you, how, come you're, how come you're just inviting Ammon down there? But when Absalom had urged him, he let Amnon go, and all the king's sons go with him. And Absalom commanded his servants, See now, when Amnon's heart is merry, so they're drinking wine, uh, with wine, and when I say to you, strike Amnon, then put him to death. Do not fear. Have I not myself commanded you, uh, be courageous and be valiant? And the servants of Absalom did to Amnon, just as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and each mounted his mule and fled. Now it was while they were on the way that the report came to David, saying, Absalom has struck down all the king's sons, and not one of them is left. Rumor. Not true. Okay. Then the king arose, tore his clothes, and lay on the ground, and all his servants were standing by with clothes torn. Now, get this. Guess who shows up? And Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother, responded, Do not let my lord suppose they have put to death all the young men, the king's sons, for Amnon alone is dead. Because by the intent of Absalom, this has been determined since the day that he violated his sister. <laughs> so there's this guy, this shrewd guy. I said, let me, let me straighten this out. Uh, it's not all the king's sons that are dead. This is because of what happened. And he was the brains behind this thing taking place. Now he's weaseled his way in there, and he's, uh, well, no, 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 not all the sons of the king have died. Just uh, the only thing to worry about is, is Amnon, because, you know, what happened? Oh. Okay. Now, Absalom had fled, and the young man who uh, was the watchman raised his eyes and looked, and behold, many people were coming from the road behind him, by the side of the mountain. And Jonadab said to the king, Behold, the king's sons have come according to your servant's word. So it happened. I told you that the sons would come back, and they're coming back, taking credit to himself. Should not have been a friend of Amnon. You see, what? he's, he's a slippery guy, and uh, not the kind of person you want to be hanging around with. Okay. Okay, and it came about as soon as he had finished speaking that, behold, the king's sons came and lifted their voices and wept, and also the king and all his servants wept very bitterly. And then we'll just go here. Now Absalom fled and went to Talmi, the son of Amihud, the king of Jeshur, foreign country, and David mourned for his son every day. All right. We're going to stop there. We'll pick this up next time. But we've only got one so far. We've only got one died early, and that's Amnon. Definitely 
you know, lacking the fear of the Lord. Okay. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege of seeing these things laid out in Scripture for us to take note of, the importance of instilling in children, our children, Father, the, the fear of the Lord. And so may we not listen to the world, not even listen to our own flesh, but maybe we be willing to do things your way because you alone know. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.